What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the fifth edition of the NFC Elite South Podcast. Uh, I'm doing a solo dolo show this week as we have some big news coming out of the NFC South. I've had some technical difficulties and scheduling issues over the past couple days, so i got to run this one solo. The news is too big to skip a show on. Um, I believe the news directly affects at least three of the four NFC South teams, and I'll explain more on that later. Uh, But I had to cover it this week. The news was too big to pass up on. Um, But before we get started on all of that, uh, some unfortunate news. A big RIP shout-out to DMX. Uh, A legendary hip-hop artist passed away, unfortunately. Um, you know, a true legend, true icon, hip hop pioneer, um, big part of my childhood. Uh, I was born around the time that DMX really started to blow up. And as I got older, I learned to uh, appreciate his music a lot more. I mean, something that we needed, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air, uh, in the hip hop scene during that time period. So, you know, something that was definitely definitely needed um so again rp dmx condolences to his loved ones and his family um may his soul rest in eternal peace and uh definitely going to be uh, bumping that dmx all week long and uh really should be bumping him forever dmx is someone that should never be forgotten so with all that being said uh, some big news this week from the NFC South. We had a big trade. <clears throat> uh, the Carolina Panthers, my Carolina Panthers, traded away a sixth-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and a fourth-round pick next year for none other than Sam Darnold. Now, if you don't know anything about Sam Darnold, he was formerly the New York Jets' third overall pick back in 2018. He was in the draft class with Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, and, you know, mainly a, a career with a lot of downs. There are a few ups. We're going to get into those ups in just a second. But out, out of all those quarterbacks I just named, he's – you know, I mean, it's hard to even, I mean, Rosen just hasn't had a career. I don't think Rosen's had even had any kind of a career. But Darnold has, up to this point, had a bad career. Uh, the Jets are a miserable franchise. They didn't really give him anything to work with. Um, but he also had some struggles uh, that are on his own, that are at his fault. You know, you can't always... Blame a quarterback for your mistakes, but you can't always just blame the team and think the quarterback is untouchable by itself either. So, uh, we're going to get into that, though. Uh, My first reactions to the Sam Darnold trade. At first, I was very confused. Um, I knew there were rumors about it. I knew we were probably calling and inquiring about him. Um, And... I'm thinking, well, I could give up, you know, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick, you know, or maybe throw in Teddy, do a little swap, 
Um, but for me, I, the second round pick is what bugs me about this. And I'm going to get into this with the cons later. Let's talk about the pros with Sam Darnold first, okay? So, the biggest thing with Sam Darnold is he's very young. He is 23 years old. He is actually younger than Joe Burrow with two more years of NFL experience. I think that's that's pretty important. That's a pretty notable stat. Um, you know, he coming out of college at USC had some pretty favorable stats. He threw the ball a lot down the field. Um, uh, he, he was touted, actually. I mean, there was a, lo- a long period of time that Sam Darnold was going to be the number one overall pick to Cleveland. It wasn't until, like, the final day before the draft where Cleveland was like, no, nah, we like Baker. We're going to go with Baker. And then the Giants took Saquon, number two, and then Darnold goes to the Jets at three. Um, uh, everyone remembers he had, like, this is this rainy pro day. And he was just slinging that thing down the field. Very Brett Favre-esque, if you will. Him coming out of college. That's kind of that's kind of what I felt about him. I, and I don't think that's a bad comparison. Um, in the pros, it's a bad comparison. But in the league, or correction, in college, I don't think it was. Um, so, uh, more about Sam Darnold. He, again, he, he's, a, he's a gunslinger. He does have a, a pretty solid arm. He can launch it down the field. Uh, he is a lot more mobile than people want to give him credit for. I will say that I watch a lot of I watch some film on him since we traded for him. He's slippery in the pocket. He can find ways to evade defenders in a similar way that I see both Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger and even Deshaun Watson do. He's like this weird combination of. Big Ben, and I'm going to go with a quarterback from this year's draft class, Zach Wilson, because I watched some of uh, Sam Darnold's highlights. I mean, he's like making throws across his body like it's nothing with just a flick of the wrist. And these are these are touchdown passes. So I'm not very – and the thing is I'm not, I'm not very high on Zach Wilson, but like the things that I do like about Zach Wilson, I see in Sam Darnold with his arm talent. Um, I think that Darnold has a better frame than Wilson. I think that he's a little more durable than Wilson. Um, so there are some pros and cons there as well. But when I look at Darnold play, I see like a smaller version of Big Ben at his high moments. That's what I see with Sam Darnold. Um, some other pros about the deal, uh, like I said, he's a very young quarterback. He also comes in with, uh, uh, he gets to connect with the receiver he actually had in New York, Robbie Anderson. And the Jets let Robbie Anderson walk. That was Darnold's best receiver to Carolina. Now Darnold comes into a situation where Robbie Anderson actually might should be his third option. DJ Moore is the number one wide receiver on the team. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL, arguably. Um, and he's even he's more than a running back. He is a true receiving back. He can go 1,000-1,000 on you. Um, so, you know, Darnold's coming into a situation where he has, you know, plenty of weapons. Um, and I think that 
my my first assumption with this Darnold trade on the pro side of it was he should be able to outperform Teddy Bridgewater. Just based on arm talent alone. We're going to get into the, the negatives, though. We're going to get into the cons. And we're going to come back to this at the end of the cons list. So the con uh, the cons that I look at with Darnold when I'm watching, watching his film. I mean, this is a guy that said he saw ghosts on the NFL field. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he is very turnover prone. And part of that does come with you know, throwing the ball a lot down the field. Um, there are quarterbacks who can continuously do that and get away with it, like Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, because they have the talent. They have the ability to, to make those plays. Other quarterbacks can sling it down the field. And, yes, they'll still make some plays, but they're also going to throw a, a, a good chunk of interceptions. And those quarterbacks will tend to be Cam Newton, David or Derek Carr, whichever one of the cars is in the league. Even Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, those kind of quarterbacks will tend to throw, make make a lot of good plays, but they're also going to have their fair share of turnovers. That's like the ceiling I see with Sam Darnold. Like, I, I kind of see him just being in the Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins range at best. Is that good enough to win a Super Bowl? I think it could be. I think it could be. But is it Mahomes? No. Is it Josh Allen? No. Is it Aaron Rodgers? No. Is it Sean Watson? No. Is it even Tom Brady? No. It's not them. Um, so that's where I'm, I'm a little skeptical when it comes to Darnold. Um, he, he's a turnover-prone guy. He averaged, he averaged one and a half turnovers per game back in college. And it hasn't been that much better here in the NFL as well. Uh other negatives about Darnold is contract. Now, we we do have him for two more seasons. We picked up the fifth-year option. He's due $20 million, uh, in 2022. Now, my thing with this is, okay, if Sam Darnold pans out, that's cool, but you got to pay him earlier than you would a rookie quarterback in this year's draft class. Um you know, and again, we've talked about how good quarterbacks there are in this class. I know a lot of people say Darnold can actually be like in the top five if he were to come into this draft, but I just don't. I I look at Fields, I look at Lance. I think they have more upside than Darnold. We'll also get more into that later. But the contract, I mean, you're talking, you know, two seasons to prove it, and if he proves it. Well, we got to pay him. And how much is Sam Darnold going to be worth? How much does Sam Darnold think he's going to be worth? Um, I know we just haven't seen him play yet, but for me to even think about paying Sam Darnold, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson money, like, it, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know how to think about that. I don't know how to feel about that. It just blows my mind that that's a possibility. But Sam Darnold has to earn that. And if he earns it, okay, cool. But if it's like if it's borderline and we overpay for Darnold, I I, I just I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. It's gonna be interesting over the next two years. His contract worries me. Um, some other negatives, you know, uh, the draft picks. 
like I said earlier, I wouldn't have minded giving up a couple fourths or a fifth. Not too much for Donald, right? And I I see pros and cons with the with the draft picks we had too. But the second rounder is what bugs me, because second round picks are valuable. You should still be able to get a solid starter in round two. You might even be able to get a solid starter in round three. Most picks rounds one through three should, at some point during the rookie season, be able to be a starter in the NFL. Unless, of course, they're like a quarterback or, you know, a de- some, maybe a cornerback or an offensive lineman. Someone you draft for just pure developmental purposes where they're going to be ready in year two to start. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know how I feel about it because if Darnold doesn't pan out, you just wasted a, 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 a day one starter. Um, you, you wasted more draft capital to trade for someone like Deshaun Watson, which I know there's some stuff going on over there right now, but I believe it'll clear up and he'll become available again. We kind of missed out on the sweepstakes. Um, if there's another quarterback that becomes available, we lose more capital to get that quarterback. If Darnold doesn't work out, and you know we're kind of stuck in the same boat as we are this season, well, now we, we're going to have guys like Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler in next year's draft who are really good quarterbacks. We're not going to have as much. We're going to have to give up even more capital to get one of them if that's the route we want to take. <clears throat> so for me, uh, I don't like the trade now. <clears throat> what I will say is I don't think the, the assets we gave up does not take us out of the running for a quarterback at eight. I'll just leave it at that. I don't think we gave up too much to where we have to rule quarterback out at eight. I think this was an insurance plan. This was a safety net. Because we know Teddy's not going to be on the team come training camp. Um, <clears throat> and from reports I read, the Panthers actually started working on this Darnold trade after Justin Fields' pro day. Now, some might take that as, well, the Panthers didn't like what they saw from Fields. And maybe they didn't like what they saw from Lance. And they don't like those guys. So they're going to go after someone they like in Darnold. That's not the case at all. The fact is, they don't believe... Justin Fields nor Trey Lance is going to be there at eight. They don't believe that. Now, I personally believe one of them will be available, but I will also say that neither of them should be available at eight. They should not be available at pick number eight. So I'm going to go out on the limb here and say they're not going to be available at eight. And they shouldn't be. They should be picked before the Panthers um, uh, have an opportunity to, to select them. But I think the Panthers were like, we, we're not going to have Teddy back. We don't want to roll with P.J. Walker or Will Greer at quarterback. There's nobody really worth signing. Sam Darnold just makes the most sense. We tried for Matt Stafford earlier, and he didn't want to come here. Out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, Sam Darnold was our last option. And I think the Panthers were like, you know what? We really got to make this move. And I, I don't like when fans want to sit here and just automatically dub him the next franchise quarterback. He was the third option among trade targets. The third option. Now, does that does that take away from any of the pros of trading for Sam Darnold? No, it doesn't. 
because there are some pros with Darnold that could pan out. But the reality of the situation is Sam Darnold was the third option at quarterback. Really, he was the fourth option or fifth option because I think the Panthers had their eyes set on Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and they don't believe that either one of them is going to be available at pick number eight. So you take Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. The Panthers had all four of them ranked above Darnold. Option number five. Um, I, it, it blows my mind how fans can just automatically dub him a, you know, a, a, a superior, uh, not superior, automatically dub him the franchise quarterback. It just makes absolutely zero sense to me. So, you know, I just, that, that, that's what really gets at me. Um, but the second round pick for Darnold, I, I mean, the three picks combined, like I said, I don't think takes us out of the quarterback running at eight. But at the same time, if Darnold does not pan out, even if we do draft a quarterback at eight, which is still a very real possibility, we gave up a day, uh, a day one starter for nothing. Essentially. Um, so, you know, the, the, there's pros and cons with the picks we gave up. There's pros and cons with Darnold himself. My overall assumption, we're going to know really who Sam Darnold is for this team in about two and a half weeks. We're going to know then. Um, if we pick a quarterback at eight, that quarterback we picked is the next franchise quarterback. Darnold's the safety net. He could be the backup. He could be someone that, you know, we let play for a year and develop him and then trade him to get those picks back, which is what we're trying to do already with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but, you know, we might even be able to get more with Darnold if he pans out. Um, you know, or we draft a left tackle, we draft an offensive lineman, we draft a cornerback, we draft a tight end, we maybe even pick a receiver, we pick a linebacker. And that tells me this team is committed to Sam Darnold for this season at least. For this season at least, they are committed to Sam Darnold. So we're going to get our answer in about a week and a, or two and a half weeks on who Sam Darnold truly is. Um, my expectations for Sam, I'm going to stay on the low side. I'm not going to have too many high expectations for him. The, the best way to summarize it up is I expect Sam Darnold to air the ball down the field. Let Robbie go get it. Let DJ go up and make plays. Let, let CMC take some shots with CMC down the field. Uh, throw the ball into the back of the end zone to Dan Arnold and get some touchdowns. Um, let David Moore make some big plays. David Moore has more touchdowns than DJ Moore. And they both uh, been in the league, I think, around the same time. Maybe, I think David Moore might actually have two less years than DJ. Um, <clears throat> or one less year than DJ, correction. Uh, and he has more touchdowns as a second or third option on Seattle. So, you know, I just, I'm hoping for the best with Darnold. Regardless of what we do with the 8th pick, we're going to get into that right now. But 
I, my expectations are not that high. They're really not that high for Sam Darnold. Fifth option. That's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> um, so we're going to move on to the eighth overall pick. And I know I've mentioned we still might go quarterback at eight. But the way Scott Fitterer described this trade is fairly simple. He wanted to tie up all of our loose ends. That included quarterback. That included cornerback. Because we signed another cornerback this past week as well. And A.J. Bouye. We'll get into that. Um, we signed Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. We signed David Moore. We signed uh, Hassan Reddick. We signed Denzel Perriman. We signed Dan Arnold. Uh, along with Rashawn Melvin. We signed Morgan Fox. So we, we made plenty of moves this offseason to address all of our needs. The Panthers right now have serviceable starters. Not all pros, not elite players, not even pro bowlers for the most part. But they have serviceable starters at every position. All the positions we signed. The only players we signed that I think have even just pro bowl caliber like uh, potential is if he says healthy. Denzel Perriman, if he repeats last year's success, Hassan Reddick. Those are honestly the only two players I can see putting up some kind of Pro Bowl caliber season. And those are big ifs. Um, but everyone else is serviceable at best. So the goal now with the eighth pick is to improve at a position that we definitely should improve on. And if we don't improve on another position, well, that's okay. We have a serviceable starter there for now. We still have rounds two, rounds three, rounds four to draft players. So, eighth overall pick, who do I want? My top five list uh, ranges out from this. And by the way, Fit did say, our GM Scott Fitterer said, again, the trade Darnold does not take us out of the race for a quarterback. It doesn't. He said, we, we can still trade up for one. We might trade back. We'll get into that right now. Number one, the player I want, Panay Sewell, left tackle out of Oregon. I will say this. My expectations for Sam Darnold will skyrocket if we somehow land Panay Sewell at number eight. You have Panay Sewell on one side, Taylor Moten on the other. I honestly don't care about the interior after that. You're You're... Your blind side is going to be fine. Darnold's slippery enough in the pocket to evade defenders coming right at him to his face. I've seen it before. And even then, Paradis is improving after he suffered the broken leg. I think John Miller is a solid right guard. Left guard is a weak link. But, I mean, if we had to put Dennis Daly in there, I think he's a solid left guard as well. He showed some flashes during his rookie season. He can play anywhere on the line. Um, Cam Irving, I think, again, is still serviceable. We could still draft someone like Trey Smith, Landon Dickerson, shout out the 828 area, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Wyatt Davis. We could draft, um, you know, David Moore from Grambling. Uh, this is a deep offensive line class. So the Panthers, if they draft Panay Sewell, will have probably the best offensive line they've had since Jordan Gross was a Carolina Panther. And that is not an overstatement. It is a perfectly stated statement. Um, so, 
That's how I tend to look at Panay Sewell. Number two, Justin Fields. Yes, I'm still on the quarterback train, even though he traded for Darnold. Justin Fields is the most disrespected quarterback I've seen coming into the draft since Deshaun Watson. There was no reason that Mitch Trubisky or even Patrick Mahomes should have been picked over Watson based on what they did in college. Now, while Mahomes' talent was undeniable, his college resume, you, you kind of had, to, you cringed at it. Because compared to Watson, Watson had the best res, resume among all of the quarterbacks in that draft class. He had the best. National championship. Played in two of those games. Perennial winner. He won. He made plays with his arms, made plays with his legs. He was a very smart quarterback. I'm going to just say this. Dumb people don't go to Clemson. We'll leave it at that. Uh, So, you have a a very similar situation this year where there are reports that the Niners are projected to take Mac Jones. Mac Jones at pick number three. (laughs) Over Trey Lance, who people say if he sits a year like Mahomes did, can put up some Mahomes caliber type of play. And Justin Fields, who if you compare his scouting report to Deshaun Watson's, it is nearly identical. They get compared to each other a lot. Nearly identical. And while Justin Fields doesn't have a national championship, he's played in one. He's won a playoff game. He, he, he again, is a proven winner. He has the best frame of any quarterback in this draft. He is the most athletic quarterback in this draft. And he's just getting disrespected for no reason. He is falling down draft boards for no reason. And I think he could genuinely be there at the 8th overall pick. I don't think he should. He should be going, honestly, number 2 to the New York Jets. There is a reason... Why ESPN had him actually ranked over Trevor Lawrence in 2018. Justin Fields is not that far from Trevor Lawrence. And this is coming from a diehard Clemson fan. He is not that far from Trevor Lawrence. He's not. They're very close. Very, very close. And my bold prediction... I don't even think it's bold anymore. I genuinely believe Justin Fields may in fact have a better career than Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be going into a better situation because the stock continues to fall. So he's going to go to a team that has more players, that has more weapons, that has more talent, are probably more ready to make a playoff run than Jacksonville, than the Jets, than maybe even the Falcons if they go quarterback. So wherever Justin Fields goes, after pick number three, he should be in prime position to have immediate success. He is the most pro-rated quarterback aside from Trevor Lawrence. They are neck and neck. I give the side edge to Lawrence because he's consensus. And he's, he proved it to me. He won a national championship at what, 18, 19 years old? Come on now. Don't disrespect Trevor Lawrence at the same time. But put some respect on Justin Fields' name. It's as simple as that. Um. So, I... <laughs> Things like that just don't make a lot of sense to me why he's getting more love, why Mac Jones is getting more love than Justin Fields. But Justin Fields is, is my is my number two guy. If Justin Fields is there at eight and Penny Sewell isn't, 
I, I don't see how you can. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't see how you can pick anybody over Justin Fields. <clears throat> I really don't. Uh, apologize for the words of my voice. <laughs> I got a little too too passionate there. Uh, but, yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I can go into other reasons why it doesn't make sense, but, or why actually it might actually make perfect sense, but we're not going to get into that in the show. Uh, we'll save that for another day at another place and another time. So, number three is going to be Trey Lance, kind of the same reasons as Fields. Uh, only thing about Lance is he's not as pro-ready as Fields. I know he says he wants to start day one. I think he does need to sit for a year. Uh, both quarterbacks, I think, could also just use a year, maybe. Behind Sam Darnold, let Sam Darnold take punishment. If we don't fix the offensive line, let him showcase what he has. Let's build up his trade value and trade him away to let the other guy finally take over. Uh, is not a bad plan for either quarterback. I think Trey Lance would make more sense to have behind Sam Darnold for a year. Um, mobility is there. The frame is there. The arm talent's there. He's got zip on his passes. You can't really get past, or you can't overlook Trey Lance. Um, number four, Patrick Sertain Jr., the cornerback from Alabama. NFL DNA, island-type cornerback, great physicality. He's the best cornerback in this draft. He's probably the best cornerback prospect we've seen probably since Jalen Ramsey. Um, I know Jeff Okuda was highly touted last year, but poor sucker had to go to Detroit. Detroit is just garbage juice right now. Patrick Sertain, he's going to be a top five cornerback no matter where he goes in the next two or three seasons. He's just, he's that guy. He's built like that. Um, I think he's better than Farley. He's better than Horn. He's better than Stokes, better than Newsom. He is the number one cornerback in this draft class without a doubt. Um, I definitely would not be upset with him at the 8th overall pick. Number 5 would be Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. He can play offensive tackle. He can play offensive guard. Probably could even play center. Um, You know, I mean, he's the second best offensive lineman in this draft, but there's a reason why Panay Sewell is the first. I'll just leave it at that. That's kind of why I value the other four over Slater. Slater is not the best at his position. And neither is Fields or Lance, but their value is more than offensive line or cornerback. Um, but the, the, the real kicker here is the gap for Sewell and, or Sewell and Fields between Lance, Sertain, and Slater is huge. Like, I am hell-bent on genuinely wanting Sewell or Fields on draft day. Lance, Sertain, and Slater are simply really good consolation prizes for me. I don't think they move the needle for us. I don't think they make the future automatically brilliantly bright. I don't think they turn us into contenders. I think the only two players I can see at eight that would make an immediate difference for us on day one is Panay Sewell and Justin Fields. Um, I'm not saying that Lance... Sertain or Slater can't make a day one impact, but their day one impact would not be felt as much as it would with Fields and Sewell. I think those two guys are day one impact players 
that honestly could push this team into a playoff spot and actually compete for the division. I could genuinely see that with both of those guys. Um, so, one last thing before we uh, before we move on. If you say that Justin Fields is going to be trash just because he he comes from Ohio State, I need you to get yourself off a cliff and don't ever talk about football again. That is the laziest take ever. And just no, just stop talking about the draft. Go somewhere else. So, how would I feel if the Panthers did in fact take Justin Fields today, or Trey Lance? I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I think that they actually might do some good sitting behind Darnold for a year to let Darnold showcase what he can do. It's not fair to Darnold, even though this league, Matt Rule said in his presser today, he's not too concerned about what's fair or unfair in this league, and I like that answer. I like that response because he was asked about something to that degree. I don't remember who, who it was about or where it came from, but he said in this league, Fairness and unfairness does not matter to him. It's about winning. It's a, it's a business. It's about producing. Um, and I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, we just traded for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold hasn't been named the starter. He hasn't been named the franchise quarterback. It's like I said earlier. We gave up a second-round pick, yes, but we didn't trade too much to where it, we, it doesn't take us out of the running for quarterback. We didn't give too much to where we have to fully commit to Sam Darnold. So, for me, it's a matter of, you know, how ready are those two guys? I know I just said Justin Fields is the most pro-ready quarterback aside from Trevor Lawrence. But, if we don't fix the offensive line, I don't want to throw Fields out there to a pack of wolves. I'd rather Sam Darnold take that beating. Um, so, again, for me... Like I said, I want Justin Fields more than the other three. I want Panay Sewell above all. I would not be upset if we picked Justin Fields at eight. Um, it would make me a little confused why we couldn't just wait on the Darnold trade. Um, but again, I think that, that the Darnold trade was in direct response to Justin Fields' pro day. The Panthers saw something in Fields and told themselves, you know what? This guy is not going to be available at eight. He's not going to be available. He should not be available at the eighth overall pick. If he is, I don't think the Panthers can pass him up. I don't think the Panthers can can pass on him. They they have to draft Justin Fields, unless Panay Sewell's there. If Panay Sewell and Justin Fields are both at pick number eight, some of the seven teams in front of us are really stupid. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I know at least one team's gonna be really stupid if both. If, if Lance or Fields falls to us, if all three of them fall to us, this league is, something's wrong. They're putting some weird shit in the Gatorade. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so moving on, we're going to move on from that. The Panthers also signed A.J. Bouye to a one-year deal. He suspended the first two games of the season. I'm not holding my expectations too high. He just hasn't really been much. Uh, since Jacksonville. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to return that all-pro talent he was at. Uh, you know, my expectations just aren't that big. Um, I think that it's also the reason why we might pick Sertain over 
over Slater if that happens to be the case. Um, I like the signing. I, I do like it, but I don't think he's the cornerback of the future. I think Dante Jackson also – I actually think Dante Jackson still our best cornerback right now. Um, so if he stays healthy, he's a solid number two and a okay number one. Uh, but Bouye, I'm just not – I'm not really – too high on. I like the signing, but my expectations are very similar to what Rasul Douglas gave us this past season. So, there's that. Uh, moving on, we're going to move on to the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to talk about how this trade affects both of those teams. Um, Tampa fans, we're probably going to skip y'all for the week. There's not really much going on. I mean, you know, everybody came back. Y'all are slated to repeat. I'm going to be coming up with some draft boards for y'all soon, so we'll get to y'all uh, later within the next couple of weeks. But let's talk about New Orleans. So my thing for New Orleans today is should they trade for Teddy Bridgewater? And what would they be willing to give up for Teddy Bridgewater? What do we want from the Saints for them to have Teddy Bridgewater back? Um, now, it's very hard to trade within divisions your division rival it's very hard to do that but I think I think New Orleans is kind of keen on Jameis Winston number one the cap is a situation too so you got to watch out for the cap hits and if the, the Saints can even afford that um, but listen New Orleans they like Teddy a lot of the fans like Teddy when he was there he went 5-0 five, 6-0 five with them whatever it was um before he swindled the Panthers for $63 million. Um, you know, I don't know if they're completely sold on Jameis Winston. I know they're not completely sold on Taysom Hill. I think that even if the Saints were to trade for Teddy, they would kind of keep him as a backup for Jameis. They, I think there's, there, there is more upside with Jameis than there is Teddy. Jameis has more talent than Teddy does. It's crazy that as I say, he does, in fact, have more talent than Teddy. Um, but if Jameis starts throwing, going 30 for 30 again, I could see the Saints making that switch and saying, all right, Teddy, go back in and try and repeat what you did with the, for us back a couple years ago when Drew was out. So I think that's what the situation is. I think uh, the Saints, I don't think that that's a trade that will happen because it's within the division. If it did, <clears throat> I think, honestly, it would only take like a fourth round pick to get the deal done. Because of it, because of the situation, the Panthers don't want to give the Saints a quarterback that they can actually properly use. The Saints don't want to give the Panthers draft capital and take on the cap hit. So it's going to have to be like a third or fourth round pick for Teddy. Like, Something valuable, but not too valuable. And I will take that deal. If we can get rid of Teddy's contract and, you know, get one of the picks back that we lost for Sam Darnold, sure, why not? Take him, Saints. Take him off our hands, please. I would not be upset at that at all. I really wouldn't. Um, do I think it will happen? Probably not. There's been no rumors, no rumblings. The, the place where everybody thinks Teddy might go right now is Denver. But the problem is they want us to take most of the cap hit. I'm not willing to do that. I'd rather just keep Teddy on the damn team and let him be a backup that he is. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, it'd be a fun trade. It'd be fun to see that go down. But 
I don't think it'll happen. And uh, the last team we're going to talk about, Atlanta, they have the fourth overall pick. How does the Sam Darnold trade affect them? Well, there are reports that immediately after the Sam Darnold trade, uh, the Falcons were calling teams, shopping that fourth overall pick. I don't know the meaning behind that. I don't know if that means, like, you know, they were trying to sit at four to force the Panthers to maybe bite on a big deal with them. Because, again, you don't want to trade between division rivals. But for the fourth overall pick in the franchise quarterback, Atlanta knew they could, like, just suck the blood out of Carolina for maybe the next decade for a quarterback, which I would not have been a fan of trading with Atlanta, giving them a bunch of draft capital. They still probably could have moved back to eight. I think Atlanta's looking at Kyle Pitts. They're looking at Panay Sewell. They're looking at maybe even Rashawn Slater, Jamar Chase, Patrick Sertain. They're looking to trade back for to get more defensive players. I think Atlanta has a lot of possibilities to do with it. I don't think they're looking at quarterback. I don't think they're looking at quarterback. Um, and when the Darnold trail went down, they were like, damn, we probably lost our most desperate team who wants a quarterback within our own division. Let's call these other teams and see what they want because we're probably still going to end up trading back regardless. And now what it also does is it puts the Panthers out of position to pick a quarterback at eight. Say they trade the fourth pick to New England. New England takes Fields or Lance. There goes one of them for the Panthers. Or they do it with Denver. Or they do it with Chicago or Washington. So, <clears throat> I think uh, Atlanta, they, they played it pretty smart. Um, but, I, I don't know what they did with the fourth pick. I'm still in favor of them trading it, trading back to get, like, Woody Pay, fix their edge, edge issues, fix their pass rush. They might pick Kyle Pitts. They might pick Panay Sewell. They got a lot of options at four. If I were Atlanta, I'd be picking Panay Sewell. But Atlanta's stupid. So they'll probably draft Mac Jones or some shit. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be beautiful if they would draft Mac Jones. I wouldn't even be mad if he... if if. The only way I would be mad if Jones went before Fields is if he went to the Falcons. That would be very glorious. That'd be extremely glorious. I would love that. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up on this solo dolo episode. Uh, be sure to check out NFC Elite South on Facebook alongside with NFC Elite. We have a Facebook page. Type in the NFC Elite South podcast on Facebook. The page will come up. Go like the page. Support. We will be live streaming from there soon, uh, along with YouTube. I'll be getting the YouTube channel up uh, fairly soon as well. Uh, I should have had it up sooner, but there's been issues with downloading videos and uploading them. It's a really big process that my phone cannot handle. So we're gonna get, we're gonna do a little different plan with the YouTube. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's solo dolo episode. Uh, be sure to listen to our other four podcasts, uh, if you haven't already, our other four shows. Um, next week's episode might be one, might not be one, I don't know yet, we'll play it by ear. But I will be coming in with some in-depth draft analysis within the next couple weeks. And uh, we will be having a, a live show during draft night. There, there will be, in fact, a live show. Uh, at the most, it will be, it will be on YouTube. It will be on YouTube, and hopefully we can get on Facebook as well. But y'all stay tuned. 
Thank you for enjoying the show. If you did listen and watch, uh, again, be sure to check out those two groups in the page on Facebook. Uh, thank you for listening. And remember, stay elite or take a seat. Peace out.